Welcome to the Food Freedom Habit Podcast, where you can find freedom from food crazies using nothing but your own brain. With me, Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach. Would you like permanent food and body peace without tracking one trigger or calorie? Whether you're dealing with overeating, binge eating, bulimia, food obsession, body hate, or the endless diet cycle, we do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, guys. We are ending eating disorders using nothing but your brain, and we are talking binge eating, bulimia, overeating, body hate, food obsession, chewing and spitting, yo-yo dieting, ending it. And I really want to put an emphasis on ending eating disorders, as in you don't have an eating disorder anymore. Nothing can make you all of a sudden have an eating disorder again. You don't have one anymore. And that is such an important element. And I know for some people they're hearing this for the very first time. We just had an incredible woman graduate from our program and she's like, man, like for decades I have been told that I am broken, this is never gonna get better, I just have to try to manage it. It's because of all these things that don't have to do with food. And in a few, like a handful of weeks, like three to four weeks, with our coaching, she was done. Because we know how to end an eating disorder. Just make it super, super clear. Not have an eating disorder anymore. Being a normal eater. Nothing can make you binge. Nothing can make you purge. Nothing can make you overeat. Nothing can make you obsess about food all day long. Even if it used to be that way, it's not that way anymore. When you actually, truly end it. And that is the true freedom that we're talking about here. We're not talking about freedom and being in recovery, hoping not to relapse. We're talking about freedom like, wow, I really can't quite remember what it was like to have an eating disorder. Cool thing that I'm free from it. Wow, look at all these things that I could do that I could never do before because that would take me right back to disordered eating. I can do any of those things. Wow, look at this life that I don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, there's going to be happy things, there's going to be sad things, there's going to be unexpected things. And none of those things threaten my completely normal eating. Just hear that, you guys. Like That's such an important element. You can be free. I used to have an eating disorder. I don't have an eating disorder anymore. We've seen hundreds and hundreds of people from all around the world that we have coached that now don't have an eating disorder anymore. They're not managing it. They don't have one anymore. This is about ending it at the root that is our mission and I'm really excited to chat with you today. Um, we have a really interesting article that came out in the New York Times and I wanted to break it down for you guys. All right, so there was a New York Times article that came out not too long ago, so August 19th, 2020. And the title of the article is The Monotony of Family Meals Can Trigger, there's already some issues here, Can Trigger Past Disordered Eating. So I appreciate that there's awareness and attention on eating disorders. Eating disorders are one of our biggest public health crises. Even in a global pandemic, we've had people dying from eating disorders in droves for a really, really long time now. And for a long time, it wasn't even seen as like a real issue. Um, part of it is that uh, it's mostly a female issue by proportion, both 
men and women and everyone else, um, there are populations that struggle with this, but it's been primarily um, an issue that's impacted women, and we know exactly why that is. It's for a lot of factors. We can do a whole other thing on that. But one part of it is that issues that are particularly female don't get the coverage, don't get the funding, don't get the help um, that other issues do, because we live in we live in a society that's a sexist society, and so that's one issue. And then the other thing is just like the the idea around eating disorders, like the mentality has been and still is just ridiculous and inaccurate in so many ways. And so I first of all want to say that I really appreciate that this issue is getting attention. Even like binge eating disorder is like a, a new, I'll put that in quotes, disorder where people are accepting it. In a lot of countries around the world, we have women come to us from all around the world and a lot of places that they're living, like people don't even accept eating disorders as a real issue. Like binge eating disorder, like nobody knows what you're talking about if you try to describe that. Like, you know, you can go to, you know, a professional in another, you know, country and they're just like, oh, that's that's not a thing. Um, you know, anorexia is a little more accepted. Bulimia is a little more accepted. But still, like the help for issues like this, like that's one reason why, you know, I, I get on here and I speak and why we reach out because a lot of people just don't understand that what they're dealing with is this sort of issue. Like we live in a society where it's just so acceptable to, you know, gain 50 pounds and lose 50 pounds and think about food all day and always constantly be on a diet. And people don't think of it as this sort of eating. They're just like, oh, I'm just being a woman in the world. It's not normal. It's, it ruins your life. And then it's also a subject where a lot of people are so secretive about it that they think they're their own I thought this for a long time. I was just my own brand of crazy. There's just something wrong why I can't stick to my diet. And so a lot of people don't even realize what's going on. And then if they do reach out for help, they get really bad information. And so I'm glad that there was an article written on this because it's an important thing that a lot of people are struggling with. And we're gonna break down what the article got right, um, what the article got really, really wrong. And I want you guys to have good information and have the reality there. And then we're gonna talk about the reality of really what freedom is. Um, what is possible when you don't have an eating disorder anymore. So what they got right is that this time in the world with a global pandemic, there's a lot of transition. There's people are working from home now. People aren't going out as much. People don't have their normal routines. So there's a big transition. There's a lot of stress in the world. Um, there's a there's a big shift in just time and priorities. Like people who never plan to homeschool, all of a sudden they're homeschooling schoolers like they're homeschooling their kids people who never desired or even sought for working from home are now being forced to work from home in a lot of situations um we're with family all the time we're sort of on top of each other it's a really different dynamic and instead of the the meals throughout the day that we had planned like maybe you know making lunch for kids or going out and getting lunch at work or you know, having breakfast together, or let's do this on the weekend. Like now it's just everyone's meals all the time. Everyone's on top of each other. We're taking care of a lot more people all day long because we don't have this social aspect of like, all right, now the kids are at school or now this person's at work. Um, we're just all here together. So a lot of the change in the world has created this dynamic where it's it's harder for a lot of people. And so the article got that right, that a lot of people are struggling. And one thing that I really wanted to applaud is that 
and this is something that would not have been acknowledged not that long ago. So I'm, I'm glad that they're acknowledging this, but it wasn't just like, oh, here is an eating disorder and here's a disease. And, you know, this is what it's about, you know, that's past trauma or it's lack of coping mechanisms or just, you know, a bunch of things that aren't true. What they acknowledged was that there are elements that impact this, like body image. You know, a lot of people, you know, they call it the, the quarantine 15, right? Like a lot of people are isolated more, they're eating more, their eating is more out of control, like they're gaining weight. Um, and so they're acknowledging that body image is an element of this, which didn't used to be acknowledged with eating disorders. Like that's a huge aspect that has just gone unsaid. So I love that they acknowledge that. They acknowledge that diet culture is part of it, that we live in a diet culture. This is the message from diet culture. Like that was really great. And they also acknowledge that part of the eating disorder behavior is the restricting. So a lot of times people think of, okay, well, this is anorexia, you just don't eat at all. But they really linked the part of restrictive eating is restrictive dieting, like people are trying to diet. So because they're gaining weight in quarantine, they're trying to restrict their calories, restrict their food, and that adds to the problem. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that even in bits and elements that this was acknowledged of, oh yes, restrictive dieting is something that contributes to the cycle. Because there was a time, and for a lot of people, this is still their message of like, oh, the way that you fix an eating disorder is by restricting this. You have to stop eating flour. You have to stop eating sugar. You have to stop eating carbs. Like that's the way to control your food is restrictive dieting. And people don't understand that that's one of the number one reasons that creates an eating disorder is the restrictive dieting. So that, that was a great acknowledgement. And I really appreciate that they cited that. They also cited an Australian study that was published last month that found that 64.5% of those with a history of eating disorders reported they were restricting their food intake more since the pandemic and 35.5% reported more binge eating. Now think of how massive that is. Think of how many people are struggling right now with this. And those are the people who reported it. Think of how secretive this is. Think of how much shame there is around it. A lot of people who are struggling, they don't tell anyone else. So if these massive numbers in this study are being reported, think of all of the people struggling that aren't reporting this. This is a huge, huge problem. And the other element that they talked about was that there's this lack of social interaction and that that contributes as well. So the eating disorders really thrive in isolation. And what I'm glad that they didn't say was, oh, people are isolated and they don't have coping mechanisms for their loneliness and now they're turning to food. Like that's all just really inaccurate. But I'm glad that they actually talked about that there's so much shame and stigma around eating disorder behaviors that so much of this is done in secret and now we're literally in secret all the time. Like we are isolated all day, every day, a lot of us. And so there isn't a break. There isn't like, oh, well now I'm gonna go to work and stop binging, or I'm gonna have people come over and stop binging. Or I'm gonna go to this party and stop binging. It can just be like days on end of binging because nobody sees us. So they got that right in some aspects of just understanding the stigma, understanding that a lot of these things are done in secret and how difficult that is to now be in secret all the time and like not have anything that's that's interrupting that pattern and i'm glad they talked about diet culture 
So, and a lot of it is directed at, at mothers, which of course is just so not okay. But there's a lot of media about the quarantine 15 and that diet culture teaches us that we should beat ourselves up for every mistake that we make. And this should be like this time where we're all getting super ripped abs and working out and starving ourselves to emerge from this pandemic, just like super healthy supermodels, all of us. It's just like, hmm, okay. Like, of course, diet culture would say that, right? But I'm glad that they acknowledged that. So that was, that was awesome. The things that they got really wrong in this article, there were quite a few, is that there are triggers. So, oh, there's, there's stress that's happening. There's isolation that's happening. Um, people are you know, with their families a lot more. They don't have structured meals. And all of those things are triggering this past eating disorder behavior as if it was just something that was there all the time and that will just never go away. And the only reason that you had a break from it was because you had the circumstances just right, right? You had everything structured and you had your stress down. And then when stress happens and this, you know, gets triggered again. And it absolutely feels like that if you're not free. Like if you're not free from this, then yeah, it feels like you're being triggered because the circumstance changed and then your eating got a lot worse. But the reality is, is that the eating was bad the whole time. It never got fixed. You were just white knuckling it. You were just trying to like put all of these little borders around this and control everything and spend your whole life trying to control every aspect that you might've felt a little bit of relief from it. And so you, it's not about managing your eating disorder. It's about not having one anymore. And there was nowhere in this article, and I understand it, like it's not something that is in mainstream, the old belief of like, this is what it is. That, you know, eating disorders, you can get free from it. I mean, there are people that will just tell you like, that's completely impossible. But the fact is, is that we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that we've worked with that are completely free from it. This is the mentality that we really need to inject into the world more, because this is what's possible. And people aren't getting those results because one, they don't know how, and two, not enough people are talking about it. So with so many people struggling, what I would encourage you to do is choose that today is the day. Share one of these videos. Share the Life with Lydia website. Share you know, one of our YouTube videos or one of our podcast episodes. Share something so that people know with all of the millions and millions of people struggling, that people know that there's hope and there's a possibility. Because the way that this article and that just mainstream thinking is talking about it is like, all right, like this is just always going to be the case. Like if you've had an eating disorder, you're always going to have an eating disorder. The best you can do is to manage it. So there was a quote in there um, by a psychotherapist who said, at their core, disordered eating behaviors are coping strategies. And when we're under stress, we fall into back, back into what's most familiar. And we're all living with this ongoing external threat. And of course, it's going to show up in your eating. Why? Why, of course, is it going to show up in your eating? And for a lot of people, if they haven't had disordered eating for a long time, then why would that be the most familiar thing, right? So it's also this idea of the eating disorders are a coping strategy. Now, let's just look at this for a minute. Think of all of the people in the world that have horrible coping strategies. They don't cope with stress well, they freak out about stuff, they don't know how to you know, manage interaction or relationships well, like they, they're flying off the handle, like people that obviously have 
very few coping strategies with their emotions. And think of how many of them are normal eaters, where if somebody is mean to them, they have a temper and they just, you know, fly back at them and it's just like, wow, that person has no coping strategies. But they don't go home and binge. Or people that just have all sorts of issues in life, but no matter how stressful things get, it never occurs to them to eat a whole thing of peanut butter and Nutella. Like, obviously those things are not necessarily linked. Food isn't the thing that you have to go to because of the emotion that you're in. And why is it that we have this mentality, which is so incorrect, that there are just certain people with this issue with food, that that is the way that they have to deal with it. Oh, if you feel happy, if you feel sad, if you feel stressed, if you feel lonely, if you feel isolated, then you have to go to food. When there are people that are a lot less mature than you, have a lot fewer coping strategies, and they don't go to food. What exactly is the difference? The difference is, is that normal eaters, it doesn't occur to them to eat a bunch of food when they experience emotion. That emotions don't hurt you. Like you can feel the depth of sadness. I have felt severe sadness in my life. You can feel anger. You can feel all sorts of really difficult emotions. And when you're a normal eater, you just feel them. There are other things that people do to like numb, right? It's just like some people drink and whatever. But think of the people who don't do that stuff, that don't try to numb. What happens to them? Do they just fall over in the street because they felt too sad? Are they so angry that they just passed out of the grocery store? Did they all just die of loneliness? No, they just felt emotions. And the number one thing, the easiest thing that you can do when you're experiencing a difficult emotion to have it change is just wait. Nobody has ever felt sad forever. Nobody's ever felt angry forever. But when you believe the story of, oh, I can't handle my emotions, this expert and that expert in this article told me that I can't handle being sad or lonely or gaining weight, that I go back to food because that is my coping strategy. And I would simply just die if I didn't eat a whole bunch of food and until I have all of these coping strategies that I've practiced forever, I can't even hope to manage it. But the reality is, is that when you know how to unlink the food and the emotion, and when you don't believe that story anymore, you can get free from this very quickly. We specialize in helping people that have struggled for over 40 years, 40 years of binging sometimes every single day for decades. People who have gained 40, 100 pounds in a year, people who have been told like, oh, well, you've got to sort through your trauma and you've got to sort through all of these coping strategies. They didn't even try to stop anymore because there were so many obstacles in their way. And when they just got to hear the truth and got to know how to in the moment end those urges that no matter how you feel, no matter what happens, that those urges melt away to binge or to overeat or to restrict. Then after 40 years in a matter of sometimes two weeks working with us, those things are not connected anymore. And nothing that could happen would make them suddenly reconnected. Like, it just doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense anymore. This article just reinforced that old paradigm of like, this is what you have to do to manage it. Like, oh, people were managing it with, they had lunch breaks and, you know, bedtimes and, you know, you, 
you have to recreate all of those things if you're going to ever manage it. That, oh, well, you know, the, it's not about the food. It's about the coping strategies. And these people don't have coping strategies. So until they, what, in quarantine, get all these coping strategies and they can't hope to manage it. Let's, let's just go to a fantasy world real quick and imagine that that's the case. So let's say you are white knuckling it through your eating disorder by putting all these things in place, which by the way, is still destroying your life. To have to say, I can only eat these things. I can only eat at these times. My kids can only eat these things. These things can only be brought into my house. I can only feel these emotions. I can only go to these parties. Think of how horribly limited your life is already in the first place because of that. But let's just say that you have put your life's work, the life that you could have been living your purpose, the life that you could have been creating, the life where you could have been present with your family. Let's just say that instead of that, you have spent, you have traded your life for putting all of these coping mechanisms and strategies and like cages in place so that you can white knuckle it through the day. And let's say you're making it every single day oh, you're still obsessed about food all day, you're still hating your body, you're still not present with your family, but let's just set the bar really low of just not binging. And let's say that you just were squeaking by, and then all of a sudden, there's this global pandemic where now you're isolated and now you're at home. So you're like, well, I've just got to do the same things all over again. So now you recreate your whole life. You wake up in the morning, you're working from home, all the kids are there, and you put all these things in place. And now, and now your kids are having to deal with this as well, because they didn't even have a break from this craziness. So their food is all controlled, and you can only have these things grocery delivery, and you can't get takeout food because you don't know what's in there. Then you're all tracking your calories, and you're trying to manage your emotions, and you're blocking yourself from knowing anything that's happening outside, because you're just trying to create this place in your brain where you can just manage. And let's say... You do it. You have recreated all of the thousand things that had to be just perfect for you to manage your eating disorder from day to day. And let's say you recreate all of it within your quarantine space. What happens once the pandemic is over? Now you've got change again. Now you've got more emotions to deal with. Now you're going back out into the world. Now you're having to maybe buy bigger clothes because you gained some weight. Something, I guarantee, will happen that will create emotion, that will create change. And if we spend our whole lives trying to manage all this change with just forcing it to be the world that we need it to be, to just squeak by, like that's not living. It's not living. Like I remember just... I had spreadsheets and apps and I was tracking everything and I was trying to figure everything out and I was reading all of these books and I was missing out on my life. It was like I had this wonderful life going on around me that I was just in this glass cage where I could look out and I could see my family having fun and I could see my daughter growing up and I could see all the things that I might do. But right now, I just got to read another book on disordered eating and I've just got to delve more into the past trauma and I've just got to track more of the calories and more of the triggers. That's not a life. True freedom is when nothing can make you go back to that because you're not afraid of it. You're not trying to control it. You're simply a normal eater. You have hard things happen. I'll just give you guys a couple of examples of what our clients get to experience. And like, this is 
what we get to see every single day, especially in this time of the pandemic, especially in this time of isolation and hardship and stress. Like for our clients, it's an even deeper celebration because they don't have an eating disorder anymore. And this is not like all of the same person, like everything I'm gonna share is just different people. These are just like our clients that just came to mind. So one of our amazing grads, Callie, shout out to Callie. Um, so she sent me this message. Um, I, I got permission to use her first name connected to this, but I just want, I'm just gonna read it right out. So, you know, it was like, we were a few months into the pandemic. Um, she's isolated, right? She's graduated from our program quite a while ago. And she just said, yes, I had, in all caps, I had been doing well. I was, you know, practicing the principles. I was not binging. I was celebrating. But when all of this dropped, referring to pandemic, I was nervous about all the time at home, all the negativity, and what the whole of it would do for my progress. But Lydia, it is, this is in all caps, the best it's ever been. The best it's ever been. I want you to understand this. The pandemic happened and now things are just better than ever. She's just like, I just got all this time and space to practice my freedom. I use the principles without even like, you know, needing to put a ton of effort toward it. And then I just let it drop. She's like, it used to be this, this dark, big monster in my thoughts. And now it's this little cute dopey fairy that doesn't threaten me at all. That's freedom, you guys. That's freedom. There's no threat. Hard things can happen. There's no threat of things going back the way they were before because things are different. So another a client, Kay, um, she did a freedom story years ago. She's been graduated for years now. And we did like a little update freedom story years later. Like, where are they now? Still free. Um, it's just so fun. Like she's celebrating. She sent us a message the other day. She's celebrating that it's easier than ever. She's like, wow, like working from home is so easy. Like she's like, I would have just binged and binged like back when I had my eating disorder, but she's now working from home. She's healthier than ever. She's got these great habits in place. Like she's just really enjoying her time because she can enjoy being alone. She can enjoy being quiet in her own mind and in her own house. And it's just her there. Like it's, it's her and she's just enjoying herself. Like she's getting to really celebrate this time. Another client B, let's call her, um, is celebrating. She, I love her celebration. She's like, this pandemic proved to me just how free I am. Cause she's like, if I would have been in the situation before, like the, this, I would have believed that the stress had power over me. I would have believed that the isolation had power over me. And I would have just binged and binged and binged. She's like, there are really hard things happening in the world and there's so much stress and I'm happier than ever because I truly know that I'm free because none of it's like impacting me in the way that it used to. Like before I would just be binging and binging and now I can actually just read an article and be sad about what's happening or I can eat a meal and just be done with the meal or I can get takeout and just get a normal amount because I don't feel all this like, okay, I've got to get it all in because it's going to be our last day. Like she's getting to have an even higher level of celebration because of the isolation. So another client, L. oh, I just love this. So she, she's in a country where there's actually a food shortage right now. And then with the big explosion, you know, that happened, uh, in, in Lebanon, like her, it's impacted her family. Like they've had to move, like there was damage to their home. Like there's like real, real stuff going on. 
And for her, she was somebody who came to us that it just wasn't even trying anymore because a professional had told her that she had to have so many coping mechanisms that would probably take years to establish before she even had a hope to try to manage her eating disorder. So she didn't even try. And then she came to us and in just a few weeks of coaching her, despite all of these very real problems going on in her country and in her family and in her world, she was getting to celebrate. Like she just has this amazing humanitarian heart and she's like helping refugees and she's helping her family and she's able to be alone and not binge. And she's able to like do what she could never do before in the hardest times we need ourselves. Our families need us. The world needs us. And for us to just curl up into a ball and just binge and sleep, like that's not what the world needs. And she's actually getting to experience being a help and uplifting those around her because of her freedom. Like that is freedom. Freedom is having so much freedom and energy yourself that you can give it to other people. You can actually help the world. So another client, S, um, she is so cool. So she just graduated a little while ago. Um, she had just lifetime of bulimia. And she came to us because she was so sick and tired of this. Because she was home alone and she could never handle being alone. She was home alone and she had just been binging for days straight, like no let up, just binging and purging for like days on end. And she's just like, this is going to kill me. Like I have to end this. So in, she had a lot of fear and she had a lot of desperation and she had a lot of worry and she had a lot of skepticism and all of that is, is fine. That's an okay way to feel. It's understandable. But she came to us and she chose her freedom. And eight weeks later, she was celebrating that she was home alone. She had the house all to herself because, you know, with quarantine, like a lot of us are back with family, that sort of thing. She just had like just days on end, just like, you know, a whole week, like 10 days, just like house to herself. And she was just having the best time. She was just loving being on her own. She was loving, you know, being in her own thoughts, reading. Um, she was enjoying catching up with friends. Like she's like, this is such an amazing contrast in less than two months of real freedom of getting to the root of this. She's like, I just get to enjoy being home alone. I get to actually have fun for like maybe the first time ever. And it's just such a beautiful thing. That's real freedom. That's real freedom. And that's when the threat and the specter and like the, the fear that's just always looming of like, oh, well, maybe things are a little better right now, but I'm so scared when I have some stress or when, what if I get fired? Or when someday my parents are gonna die? Or when someday my kids are gonna be injured? Or when someday I'm gonna have something hard emotionally happen? And we're always so afraid of that thing happening that's going to, and I'll put in quotes, trigger us back into the eating disorder behavior. You're not free just because you've had a break from it. If you're always scared of it coming back. If you're in an abusive relationship, where you get beat up every time that that person is there, you're not free just because that person is at the grocery store right now and not actively hurting you. Because as soon as circumstances change and they come back, then you're still in that abusive relationship. Like, even if they were gone for a minute. The point is to get out of the relationship. You don't have that anymore. You don't have an eating disorder anymore. You don't have the, the urges to binge anymore. Like, ending the cycle all the way. So there's nothing that you're managing. 
And we have had women go through hard things. We have had women who are recent widows that came to us. We have had women who have lost their kids in car accidents, like in other ways. Like, man, I'm thinking of all of our amazing clients. We had an incredible woman who um, just lost her mom that she was really close to. We've had people who have gotten cancer diagnoses. And because they were free, that didn't make them start binging anymore. It made them sad. And that's so appropriate. There was grief. That's so appropriate. There was some anger. Totally understandable. Totally justified. But in those moments, there was also a deep celebration of, wow, I don't even feel like eating anything. Like, why would it make sense to eat a whole bunch of food and just hurt myself more because I'm already hurt? And they just got to experience that in that beautiful human way that our hearts can to experience grief and sadness and joy and not have it linked to food at all. Because that chain is broken. Those shackles are gone. You left your cage behind. That's the true freedom. The true freedom that the world needs to know is possible, whether they choose it or not. More people in the world need to know that it's possible because there are people that will live their whole lives and they will die with an eating disorder after 60 years, 70 years, and they will have never known they could have been free from it. And that's how we do what we do. And I would encourage you guys to pass this along, like spread this message. People deserve to know. People deserve to stop being lied to. and People deserve the truth. And that's why we do what we do. We are ending eating disorders. We know exactly how to do it. Ending them so they don't come back. Ending them so you don't have one anymore. And that's what's available. And if you want that for you, or if you know somebody who wants that for them, what you can do is the first step. It's really simple. It just takes you showing up for yourself and making a choice. There's never a convenient time. There's never a right time. But the best time is right now. Pop over to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. And it will take you to a calendar page where you can book a free breakthrough session with us. Where we are going to, with love and kindness and support and expertise, with something we have done thousands of times, get you the foundation of freedom. Because you deserve that. You deserve to have that where we're gonna get really clear on what's happening right now, what this cycle is for you. And we're gonna get really clear on something that maybe you haven't thought about for a long time, which is what you actually want. What is the most beautiful, true version of your life and freedom? If you could be free, what would you want? And if we can get you there to that place where you are free and done from this forever, we will show you how. And if not, we'll know where to best direct you. But either way, you're going to have that foundation of freedom and be super clear on next steps of how to solve this. And that's what we do. That is a free service that we do for the world. And this is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step. Pop over to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session.
where you can book a free session with our team. We'll give you a call and together find clarity on three things. One, the exact cycle you keep getting sucked into. Two, what isn't working with your approach. And three, what's missing to close the gap between food prison and food freedom. We have helped free hundreds of women all over the world from their food struggles. These are proven principles that work, no matter how long you've been stuck. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Mwah!